learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to season three of She Leads Podcast, leadership empowerment for women of color. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Catherine Finney. Catherine Finney is the founder and managing director of Digitally Undivided, a social enterprise that helps Black and Latina women own their work using innovation and technology as a tool. She is a White House champion of change and a past member of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce National Advisory Council on Innovation and Entrepreneurship. An Echoing Green Global Fellow, French-American Fellow, and Eisenhower Fellow, Catherine started Digitally Undivided after selling her company, The Budget Fashionista, one of the first lifestyle blogs. Since 2013, Digitally Undivided has impacted over 2,000 people and helped raise $25 million in investments. She led the pioneering research, hashtag Project Diane, which drew widespread buzz for disrupting the dialogue around women of color and tech entrepreneurship. The 16-page report was widely shared and covered in Forbes, CNN, Fast Company, and etc. For quantifying the often overlooked state of Black women in the tech entrepreneurship space, and is impacting policy from state houses to the White House. The findings from hashtag Project Diane put a unique spotlight on the problem of inclusion in the innovation space, leading Digitally Undivided to develop a first-of-its-kind solution. Digitally Undivided Big Innovation Center and its residence, Big Incubator, currently on its third cohort, is the only space and program dedicated to the growth of high growth tech businesses founded by black and Latina women. The Big Innovation Center also hosts numerous events, classes, and programs for women in business and tech. Catherine was the founder and general partner of the Harriet Fund, the first venture fund to focus on deploying capital to black and Latinx women. Catherine has received numerous honors and awards, including Grace Hopper ABIE Award, Marie Claire's 10 Women to Watch in 2016, Entrepreneur Magazine's Women to Watch in 2016, Ebony Power 100, Black Enterprise 40 Under 40 list, and was inducted into Spelman College's Game Changers Academy. In 2017, Catherine received an honorary doctorate from Mount Holyoke College. On February 26, 2015, Catherine was honored by Manhattan Bureau President Gail Brewer with the Catherine Finney Appreciation Day. A graduate of Yale and Rutgers Universities, Catherine and her family live in New York City and Atlanta. Without further ado... Leadership Empowerment with Catherine Penny. Okay, so Catherine, I read your bio and I'm extremely impressed by your many accolades and your passion for advancing women of color in tech. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Catherine, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to be a guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Thank you. I'm excited to chat it out. Good, good. Okay, so now let's talk about leadership. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Catherine? I do. I think we all have leadership within us. Sometimes what we may consider leadership may not necessarily be what other consider leadership. But I think of, you know, the women in my life, mother, my grandmother, my aunties, who every day lead And they may not be CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, but they're definitely leading families and they're leading communities. They're leading their neighborhoods. So we all do have this leadership, whether it's called that or not. Yes, I do agree. And I do. You brought up a great point, whether it's called that or not, because I don't think we necessarily call it leadership. We just call it taking care of business or something to that effect. But but we all do it in one shape or form. Thanks for that. Can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you come to this realization? You know, I don't necessarily think of myself as a leader. I think most people would probably find that shocking. Like, I don't think of myself, oh, I'm a leader. I don't think you can necessarily call yourself that. I think a leader is something you earn, that title. And I think it's something that others call you. And so the first time I knew that others thought of me as that probably was in elementary school. Although I have an older brother, he would probably say at birth. But, you know, it it was probably in elementary school. I was one of those kids that were always into stuff. So I created a number of clubs within (laughs) my school. And my father was a uh, data entry person at an early tech company. And he would work on Saturdays. And I would go with him and I would create sign-up forms for my clubs in which he would copy... And this is before they could like really record how many copies we were making because I would make like way too many copies. <laughs> and he would copy them and then I would hand them out at school, creating different, I had different, I had a newsletter club, I had a cheerleading club. I mean, you name it, I created clubs and had people sign up. And lucky for me, I had teachers who let me do that and encouraged that and didn't stop me from, from doing that. So I would say that's probably the first conscious sort of memory I have of people thinking of me as a leader is like signing up for my mini clubs that I created. Okay. I love that. I love that. Yes, you'd be surprised. I'm often surprised at just how amazing children are and we are as children. And I think also too, one of the things that a gift that my parents gave me that not many Black children get, but especially not many Black girls get, is that my parents never told me I could not do something, no matter how crazy it was. My dad would go, he would always ask, you know, how much is this going to cost me? That was like his favorite question. <laughs> but it, was never, it was never, you can't do it. It was, how much is this going to cost me? And, you know, and I know that was a way of making sure that I thought through what I was going to do. But they never once said to me, and no one in my family, my grandparents, no one said to me, you can't do that. Like no one said that. And I think that was in terms of leadership and developing leader, that was probably the greatest gift my parents and my family gave me is that they didn't put any limitations on me. Yes. It was 
And, and that was huge, especially for a little black girl to get that gift. Yes, I, t- I totally agree with you. That reminds me of a movie my son loves to watch. And that's what um they said in the movie. The One of the people asked him, like, how did you know you can do it? And he said, no one ever told me I couldn't. And it just really touched my heart because that is so important to for people to pour into us and just let us know or make us feel like we can do anything or be anything. And you're right. Yeah. Not everyone has that, you know, and especially coming from I was raised by my great grandmother who, you know, because of the stigmatism on her life, she had a limited scope of what was possible, you know, so she passed that on to me, you know, so I didn't have anyone telling me that it was infinite possibilities or not everyone was telling me that it was infinite possibilities. And then that shortens the scope that I then have for myself, you know, so that is a great gift. So yes, that is awesome. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Catherine, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? You know, my code of leadership is to always stay present and also to really have the highest level of integrity I can to always to live in truth. And sometimes that's very, very hard <laughs> to do in the world we live in right now in particular, but always to live in truth, even when the truth is painful, even when the truth is not maybe the best and maybe you don't look in the best light but to always live in that truth. And that has really served me quite well throughout my career and my life of living in my own truth. And that that would be my leadership code. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. Yes. Stay present, high integrity and live in truth. I love it. Funny story. I was talking to my son one day and he was telling a story about something. And I'm like, we live in truth. He's like, no, we live in Florida. (laughs) We live live in the truth. So I definitely can relate to that. And I do agree that that is an excellent code of leadership to have because, you know, and more people should definitely adopt it. Okay. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider it failure. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Catherine, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Yeah, I think failure happens. You are going to fail. It is a part of life. It is a part of the process and it's a part of growth. You cannot move forward if you do not fail. I have learned the greatest things in my life from my failures. And I think what it happens is when you're a woman of color, especially when you're a black woman, you don't get to own your failure. So when you fail, it's like 50 other people fail with you. It's your mom fails, your neighbor fails, everybody fails with you. And so that creates this fear of us failing. We always want to be perfect. We always want to do things that will make it so that that failure doesn't happen. And as a result, we don't take risks. And we don't grow because it's from failure where you get most of your growth. And I think, it, you know, it took me a while to become comfortable with that, that failure was going to be a process and that failure is not the issue. It's how do I recover from it? What do I do next afterwards is what really matters. And sometimes, again, we don't necessarily talk about gifts. We don't necessarily as black women get that gift of failure. We don't get, we're not allowed the space to do so. And, and we're not allowed the space to recover from it too sometimes. 
And I think it's super important for all of us to give each other that space. And I've learned in my life where I've had the biggest growth moments, the biggest growth portals have been when I failed and I have to figure out how to move forward. And moving forward from that failure, usually I end up accomplishing things that I never thought I could accomplish as a result of that. Okay. Thanks for that. Yeah. She said a few things that stuck out to me. I like the being scared to fail stops us from taking risks. I totally agree with that and do believe that we do need to try to fail, right? Aim to actually fail because then we're actually pushing the boundaries of ourselves and kind of learning what we're made of and what we could do. I wouldn't say aim to fail. I just to accept it as a prior life and it's part of the process. So not like reach for failure, but that know that it's a part of the process and it's okay when it happens. Yes, yes. Okay, thanks for that. All right, so Catherine, can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? Oh my gosh, I felt a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> some in small and some in very public, spectacular ways. I will say... One of the ways that I failed is at the beginning of us doing our incubator program, we took the model that worked for mostly white men. So incubator and accelerator programs are ways that people grow companies, usually companies that are high growth that use technology, right? And we developed a program specifically for Black and Latinx women. And what we did was we took the framework everyone else used, this very traditional 12-week sort of, you know, a little bit of money sort of accelerator program. And what we didn't realize was that the challenges for our community were different and that those programs were developed with a very specific person in mind, usually a young white male, someone who had absolutely no responsibilities, who maybe had someone who could help them pay for their, you know, rent and things like that. And that our founders had different challenges. And so our very first cohort failed because we used the wrong path. That was not the path that a Black or Latinx woman founder would take through this space. And what we learned was that no one actually knew the path that a Black or Latinx woman would take because no one thought to ask and no one thought to look. So that's what we've been doing for the past three years is really documenting that path and perfecting our model based upon what was right for our community. And that's what I learned from that. If you're going to do something for the community, you need to build something that's organic to the community. You can't take what someone else has done and apply it to the community and expect miracles to happen. Like you really do have to understand your community and the challenges. Even when you're a part of that community, you need to take a step back and listen and look and observe and then redevelop. And that's what we did. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes. And I do agree. And they say that I think even with starting your business or what have you, you need to take a step back and kind of analyze who your target audience is or your target market and get to know them very intimately so that you can design accordingly. Right. So awesome. Okay. So Catherine, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? Um, I think it's harder, and I will be very specific, being a Black female entrepreneur is very difficult in this ecosystem, mostly because people don't see us. 
we're almost completely ignored at times and that people have no expectations, not low, but no expectations of us. But there's also power in being grossly underestimated because you're allowed to kind of fly under the radar a bit. And before people know what happened, you've already won. And so that, that is the power in it, but it's incredibly frustrating because we spend a lot of our time explaining why we're in the room versus why you should invest in our company. And that's a really unfair burden that we carry. And it really impedes our ability to be able to really scale our companies. We spend a lot of time teaching people about race relations, which is not our job as entrepreneurs. Our job is not to give you a crash course on how to work with black people. Um, It's to scale and grow and develop our business and to make it profitable and to return investment back to our investors and treat our staff well and all of those things. That is what our job is to do, not to teach you how to interact with a black woman, but we often find ourselves doing that. And that takes away from our ability to focus and concentrate on building our businesses. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes. And I will say, you know, definitely in the tech space that I can agree with you there. But I do like what you said as far as you get to go under the radar and by the time they realize you've won. I love that. So, you know, challenges and victories. Yes. Okay. All right. So productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Catherine, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Well, I use every sort of app you can think of to help with productivity. <laughs> like I also, one of my biggest productivity tips is letting it go. We have a tendency, and we meaning women, and especially women of color, to try to do everything ourselves. And that is not productive. It is not smart. It impedes our ability to grow. Learn how to delegate and ask yourself, do I really need to be doing this? And this is something I always ask, do I really need, am I the one that needs to do this or can someone else do this? And I always ask myself that. And it's a certain level of mindfulness that requires. And so I always say for us, learning to slow down, learning how to do meditation, even if it's like five minutes, is really helpful to productivity because it helps center you and helps you to start to stay in the now and stay present. I think a lot of times we do things to stay busy because we're afraid of what happens if we're not. And so it's not necessarily that we're working smarter or that we are even busy. We just want to be busy because we're afraid of what happens if we're not busy. Maybe we have to start thinking about stuff we didn't want to think of or maybe deal with stuff that we don't want to deal with. And so really thinking about and being mindful and being centered about why you're doing what you're doing is the biggest productivity hack that I can offer. Like literally ask yourself, do I need to do this? You will be surprised when you ask yourself that how many times the answer is, no, you don't need to do this. I like that. Thank you. And you also mentioned some apps. Do you want to share a few of those as well? Yeah, I use Basecamp quite a bit. As a team, our organization, we have a staff of about 15 now. We use Slack quite a bit to talk. So we don't do a lot of emails back and forth. We do a lot of slacking, which is like short conversations, almost like texting. And that's been really great for us. I use this thing called Boomerang. 
which is an app, uh, it's actually a plugin for Gmail that allows you to write emails and then send it later. So I can, you know, if I can't sleep and it's 1 a.m., I'm not sending emails to my staff at 1 a.m. I can post schedule them to come at 9 a.m. Or if I think of something really quickly that I need to send somebody, I can write it and then it'll send it, you know, a year or so, or not a year, um, a week or so later. Those are all sort of the things that I use to help stay productive. Okay. Thanks for sharing. All right. So Catherine, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? I think the biggest experience that's blessed my leadership is mentoring others and seeing others flourish. And we have a number of staff members that I serve as mentors to and seeing them really come into their own has been really a privilege. And it's fed my soul. So not only do, yeah, they get mentorship and help, but I also get help too. And that has been probably the the biggest gift to to my leadership is, is that. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes, I do agree that mentor, being a mentor and having a mentor are both immense blessings. And like you said, even being able to help others is self-rewarding or rewarding as well. Okay. So Catherine, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? The best advice I've ever received from a leader. I can tell you the worst advice. (laughs) (laughs) The worst advice I ever received was to not focus on women of color. I was told that it was too narrow, that we needed to go big. And the best advice I got was from a friend who was leading a major advertising agency. And he said, do not listen to that advice. Stay focused. And this was six years ago before people were gave anything about black women. He's like, I'm telling you, you are, are on the forefront. Who you are is where the world is heading. And he's, he's a futurist. So he knew that this is the world is heading towards you. You were just there before they got here, but they're heading towards you. So don't change. And that was the, the best advice I got. Oh, wow. I love that. That's so funny. Cause you know, having a woman of color, podcast, I had a few people, one of my good girlfriends, she's like, are you racist? And I'm like, no, you know, like, I just want to represent the underrepresented, you know, and I did battle with that myself. Like, am I being too narrow? You know, am I, you know, not being inclusive? Is this the right way? So I definitely can understand the battles there. Oh, thanks for sharing that. I needed to hear that. Okay. So you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? I feel great. (laughs) Good. Well, thank you for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, or services that they would benefit from knowing about? Sure. You know, we're in the middle of our application process. Um, Our application process starts December 6th and we'll be accepting applications and rolling admissions for both our Newark uh, program as well as our Atlanta program. And so make sure to register and sign up and apply. It's free to apply. And yeah, we would love to see you. And if you want to know more, go to digitalundivided.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at digundiv, D-I-G-U-N-D-I-V. 
Okay. Well, thank you, Catherine. We appreciate your insight today. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I really enjoyed this interview with Catherine, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Catherine's viewpoint on the benefits of slowing down and practicing meditation to increase productivity. As Catherine mentioned, meditation helps center us and allows us to stay in the now. Being present is important to be a successful leader. Meditation helps to achieve this goal. Other benefits of meditation include stress reduction, lengthened attention span, and generating kindness. A quote by J. Donald Walters reads, The more regularly and more deeply you meditate, the sooner you will find yourself acting from a center of inner peace. I admire Catherine's courage to start a women of color ecosystem in the tech field, especially when it was not popular to do so. Catherine followed her vision, overcame failures, and figured out how to be successful on her terms. Catherine is a trailblazer in supporting women of color in tech. Not having a business model to follow and still pushing forward shows her commitment to making a difference both how and where it is needed. A quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson reads, Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. I can relate to Catherine's experience of being told not to focus on only women of color, as I experienced the same when starting She Leads podcast. I'm glad both Catherine and I decided to follow our vision in supporting women of color. Being a representative for the underrepresented is important to me. And this platform has allowed me the opportunity to assist in solving this problem. Women of color do not have the same access to opportunities. So instead of waiting for our turn, we are creating our space in this world. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Catherine mentioned how her family did not limit her belief in herself growing up, being the greatest gift. She wasn't told that she could not do something. Encouragement builds confidence and it's important for endurance. As adults, we need to encourage ourselves. If we take the limit off of ourselves and operate in fearlessness, we are capable of endless possibilities. My takeaway for this week is to stay encouraged and motivated in pursuing my aspirations. I will envision the infinite possibilities and opportunities within my reach. Believing begins the process to seeing, and I will make it my business to continue to remember that I can do it. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. Are you struggling with your leadership effectiveness personally or professionally? Could you use some help in attaining the goals you have set for yourself, your team, or your company? Do you know what it takes to hit the mark but need some accountability to get there? My leadership challenge for you is to get out of your own way and reach out to Nicole Walker Network today. Nicole Walker Network is here to help you be the successful person you know you are. Email Nicole Walker Network at info at NicoleWalker.net to set up your personal consultation and continue on your path to greatness. You are already a great person. With Nicole Walker Network, you can become even better. 
Follow us on Facebook at She Leads Podcast and Nicole Walker Network. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nicole underscore Walker underscore Network. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this episode of She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment with Katherine Finney. And check out the She Leads Podcast discussion group on Facebook to see what the hot topics are for this week and let us know your views. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.